Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerubbabel, Tamar, talked about Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram was the father of Amminadab, Amminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. We talked about Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. Talked about Ruth last week. And Obed, the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David, the king. David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who had been the wife of Uriah. So this morning we're going to talk about Bathsheba. Who, who in here knows about who, who Bathsheba is? Okay, most of you guys. Um, I, I asked that specifically because um, there's a lot uh, written about Bathsheba, both um, uh, there's, there's a lot of literature. There's biblical literature. There, is, there are commentaries. There are uh, novels written about David and Bathsheba. And uh, a lot of these things we... Um, well, they're not based on, on fact, okay? So um, even as I was uh, reading about who Bathsheba was, people have put in all kinds of, of interpretations into um, who Bathsheba was and, and what her motivations were. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about those this morning. Uh, let me tell you in a nutshell, and then I'm going to kind of expound. Bathsheba, if you remember, was the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Um, Uriah was one of David's mighty men. There were 30 named mighty men of David that did incredible exploits. Uriah was one of those. His wife was Bathsheba. David, um, while he, uh, he was on his roof one night, he said he, he uh, took a nap in the middle of the afternoon, got up. Uh, he, was, he was supposed to be out. Um, by the way, this is uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11. Uh, he was supposed to be out with the kings fighting. And uh, he stayed back at home instead. And it looks like he might have been bored. He took a nap in the middle of the afternoon. Actually, they, they did that quite a bit when it was really hot during the day. They kind of took a little siesta. He gets up on uh, his rooftop and was looking around and sees a woman bathing on top of her rooftop. So, you know, probably not too far away because he could see her. And she, he, uh, he kind of had one of those Adam reactions and went, whoa, man, right? And said, who is that? And he got a servant. So who, who is that lady over there? They found out it's Uriah's uh, wife, Bathsheba. So he sent for her. She comes to the uh, palace. It says that um, David had relations with her. And she becomes pregnant from uh, David's uh, encounter, Right? She becomes pregnant, um, then sends word back to David and says, Hey, David, guess what? We, the, you know, the other night, it, well, well, I'm pregnant. And so he tries to cover it up and, and brings uh, her husband back from the battle and uh, tries to get him to go down back to his house and uh, go back and sleep with your wife. And that way, well, it, it would look like it's right. He doesn't do it. 
He doesn't go back. He stays with the king's men around the palace area. Several nights in a row, won't go back. Won't. And David finally says, you know what? I, I'm going to have to cover it up a different way. So he sends a letter to uh, the commanding officer, Joab. says, what I want you to do, Joab, is uh, I want you to uh, put Uriah at the, the, the hottest part of the battle, where it's the fiercest. Then I want you to withdraw from him. Let him be killed in battle. He writes it out in a letter and puts it in Uriah's hand to take to Joab. Uriah's death sentence for no reason. Puts it in his own hand, sends it back to Joab. Joab does exactly what the king says. They, they get into the battle. They withdraw. Uriah gets killed. They tell the king. He sends word back and said, the battle didn't go so well, but guess what? Uh, your, your servant Uriah... He died in battle, and David thought he was off the hook. So, after the period of mourning, he takes Bathsheba as his wife. I'm going to care for her. Make it look okay, except for God. God knew. And he sends Nathan the prophet. And Nathan goes up and gives... Uh, David this parable about a sheep that was somebody's pet and in their house and took care of and uh, a rich man came and said no I want that sheep the, 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 the poor folks sheep that has been cared for as one of the kids in this, in this house and David got incensed and said no he needs to re repay pay for that sheep and Nathan said to David said, you're the man you've taken the, the wife of Uriah and you have killed him in battle and because of that the son that you're going to have the baby is going to die and David of course uh, if you remember the story David repented but still the baby died said that David consoled his wife she became pregnant again and then has who? Solomon. So you remember the story, right? That's it, that's it in a nutshell. I'm going to try to unpack it just a little bit more. Um, you see, Bathsheba, the reason I started out and said uh, there are a lot of traditions surrounding uh, Bathsheba. Some people say Bathsheba um, was a, um, well, that Uriah couldn't have kids. And so this was Bathsheba's way of trying to make a place for herself. Okay, people, there, 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 are, um, there are commentators that, that, that say this. Okay, she, 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 didn't have, she, she couldn't have kids through Uriah, so she went up on the roof and was uh, bathing for everyone to see, hoping that David saw. And so this was her plot. And then, you know... Um, he, she had David promise that Solomon would be king, and this was part of the whole, the whole thing, that their, her, their kid would be king, right? And so she was able to worm her way into the palace. I don't really think that was it, but I wanted to put, put, up, put that out. Some, some people say that, um, that this was a result of rape. You know, that... That David took Bathsheba, took her by force, and uh, that 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 it was it was a an issue of rape, and that all this took place, um, and and 
kind of to make up for that, David uh, promised that, that their uh, child would be the next the next king. You know, there's there's so much surrounding that you know some some people say that that Bathsheba was David's favorite wife, that they had a real love affair. It's possible, but really and truly, a lot of this is based on conjecture. Some of it may be true. The people who write these things, they have some ideas, and some of these things may be true. But it's really hard to, to separate the, this out. All right? what, what we do know is what I told you, that, that Bathsheba was up on the rooftop. David took her. It didn't, it didn't really, the wording there doesn't show that it was anything forcibly, that she just was um, uh, being submissive. As, as one would to a king, uh, went with them, and that she did have relations with David, and that, um, that they end up being husband and wife, and her son Solomon is the one that gets, becomes king. You know, one thing with Bathsheba, and we're going to go through this a little bit more in detail as we do, but one thing with Bathsheba is she suffered a great loss. I want you to think about this a little bit. Um, and consider the losses that, that you've had in your life. And I know most of us in some way have a loss. Some of us, you know, it's a significant person dying, whether that is a, a um, spouse or a child or a um, mother, father, grandparent, somebody in our life who, who died. It was very, very significant. It might be a loss of maybe you're separated from somebody, a child that you're separated from, or a, or a spouse, or um, you know, there's a separation in the family. Maybe it's a, a loss that, um, a lost love, or a lost... Um, you know, that you're, you're separated from a parent, you know, that you, you're done really, really wrong by a parent sometime and, and you, you no longer have that relationship. That we all experience losses in our lives. But it's what you do in the midst of that loss that is going to allow you to become everything that the Lord would have you to be. It's how you act in the midst of that loss that got, like Bathsheba, she had great loss, but she became a mighty woman in the line of Jesus. Despite her loss, God put her in the place of promise. Despite your loss, God can put you right smack in the middle of the place of promise. But how do you go from that loss you fill in your own blank there to continuing to be in the place of the promise right where God wants you to be. With Bathsheba, and uh, I, I will admit, one of, the, one of my points here is, is a bit of an argument um, from silence, but I think it's, I think it's pretty well founded. Um, Bathsheba, one thing that she did is she remained devoted Despite everything, she remained devoted. Let me let me show you 
Let me show you what I mean here. Um, to, to set this up once again, um, David uh, had seen Bathsheba, and he he um, he calls to her. He goes and has her, his servants go to go and bring Bathsheba um, to him. Um, this is Second uh, Samuel eleven. Verse, verse 4, actually, I'll just read from verse 2. Now, when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around the roof of the king's house. From the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent messengers and took her, and, and when she came to him, she, he lay with her, and when she had purified herself from her uncleanness. She returned to her house. Did you hear that? She, here, here they just committed adultery. But she went ahead and purified herself from her uncleanness after that. Okay, they were, after having, having relations, you're unclean till evening. Okay, you need to wash yourself and you're unclean till evening. So, I mean, she, she went ahead and she went, went through the ritual, rit, ritual purification. She remained faithful. How I see this happening is that um, I, I believe she and Uriah were, were faithful. Uriah says he, he was a Hittite. Don't know a whole lot about him except that he, um, uh, he had become... It, he could have been a Hittite, and his parents were Hittites, and that he um, was in part of Israel, or if he joined Israel. But he obviously uh, was a follower uh, of the God of Israel, at least what we can tell, all right? Um, if, you, if you remember, uh, and with a lot of these, um, like the other ladies that we talked about, they had a statement of faith. And there is no statement of faith with Bathsheba. Bathsheba, from what we can tell with her, she is a um, a, a child of uh, of, an, of someone in Israel. Okay, it's possible that it could be someone else, but she looks like she's an Israelite, so she didn't really need a statement of faith. Uriah, uh, when David sends to him and has him come, um, uh, Verse, this is chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 11. Uriah says to David, said, The ark in Israel and Judah are staying in temporary shelters. My lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? By your life and the life of your soul, I will not do this thing. So he's invoking the ark of the covenant. He's invoking the leadership. He's, in, he's saying, you know, I'm going to be faithful to the things that I'm supposed to do as a good soldier following after the ark and God, right? The presence of, mobile presence of God, following after the ark and following after the commands and following after my leaders. I will be faithful. And I believe that's exactly what you see with Bathsheba. Even after David sins for her and she goes and, and they commit adultery, She's still faithful, and she still, she still goes through the ritual purification and before she goes home, and then when she finds out she's pregnant, she, um, she also uh, uh, she sends to David, 
and then she, has, she mourns for her husband as well. As she goes through the mourning rites and the mourning period, she, she remains faithful. Now, we don't see a whole lot of this. We don't see, it doesn't give us a whole lot of information with Bathsheba, but it looks to me like she is a faithful follower. She remains faithful. You know, we, um, when we go lo- have a loss in our life, oftentimes those are the times where the devil tries to pick us off. We get lonely. We get upset. We wonder, well, is there really a God out there? And does he really care? Oftentimes we, we experience a loss and What's the first thing that happens? A lot of people withdraw from their Christian fellowship. They, they don't go to church or they don't call people. They don't, they, they, all of a sudden they leave. They get, they get away. They, they, they have that loss and because of that loss and because of that hurt, they will withdraw from Christ. They will withdraw from Christian people. They will withdraw and oftentimes will go the other direction. They have that loss and they don't remain faithful. Bathsheba, I believe, remained faithful. That's what we need to do. Those those losses in our lives, those aren't the times that we need to, um, to break off. To break off from God. To break off from doing the right thing. To break off from the... our our family and friends who are, who are um, our Christian family. Those are not the times to break up. Those are the times to run towards God. Those are the times to run towards our brothers and sisters. Those are the times that we, we say, you know, I, whenever the church doors open, I'm there. I have to have it. She remained faithful. How, how do you go from loss to promise, remain faithful? She had tremendous loss. You know, first of all, she lost her husband. Not only did she lose her husband, but the man who she committed adultery had him murdered. Anybody had, had that much of a loss? Not only did she lose her husband because he was murdered by the guy that she committed adultery with, who then becomes her husband, but she loses her kid. Her child dies. We're talking two big losses in pretty quick succession. Okay, not only does her child die, but she, her husband now, David, is confronted by a prophet and everyone knows how this baby came into the world. This woman was, was shown to everybody as you're the one that committed that David committed adultery with. You're the, you're the one who had got pregnant. You're the one whose child dies. And now, you know what? There's going to be a sword in David's house because of it. She had great loss. She remained faithful. 
But you know what I also don't see? I don't see this with her. So this is a little bit of an argument from silence, okay? And I'll admit that. But I don't see that she became bitter. Oftentimes when we have a loss in our lives, is it, those are times that we become, we can be bitter, especially at the people that those losses came from. Become angry, resentful. You know, it's, um, it's amazing to me. Um, so, this is uh, chapter 12, verse 24. It says, Then David comforted, this is after the baby dies. Okay, she's confronted, they're confronted by Nathan. All right, she becomes. Um, uh, they're confronted by Nathan. This is after Uriah dies. But this is 1224. It says, Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, which it seems like to me that he loves her. He went in and lay with her, and she gave birth to a son. And he named him Solomon. Now the Lord loved him and sent word through Nathan the prophet, and he named him Jedidiah for the Lord's sake, which means beloved of the Lord. It seems to me... I'm thinking if there's if there's any with this type of loss, it'd be easy for her to be bitter. This guy took me, whether it's by, you know, I think she just submitted, okay, to the guys coming and getting her. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a good servant of the king. I'm gonna go and do what the king says for me to do. All right. She could have been really really bitter at David. You had me come, then you killed my husband, you took me away from my family, then you, then you get, not only am I pregnant, but the child dies, all because you messed up. You don't see that with her. She could have become like a Jezebel, if you remember Jezebel, right? Really, really bad queen, who's trying to worm her way into everything. No, she, she, could, she could have been, I don't see anything like that in her. Now, later in life, what we see, David is about to die. This is 1 Kings chapter 1. David's about to die. He's on his bed, and his son, um, Adonijah, decides he's going to be king. Adonijah decides he's going to be king. Adonijah, if, if, if you consider everything, um, he's the oldest son. Right? Anybody remember um, Amnon and... Uh, Absalom, right? Remember, um, one of them has relationships with his sister, or half-sister. Uh, Absalom, his brother, uh, doesn't like that very much, right? So he, he ends up getting him killed, and so then they have a whole war. Absalom gets killed, right? So it looks to be like Adonijah, uh, same family, <laughs> same mom there, not Bathsheba, same mom, but he's like looks like to be the oldest son of David. So David's ill. He's on his bed. He's he's not too far from dying. Adonijah says, "I'm going to I'm going to be king." So he pronounces himself king, right? But he leaves off. He doesn't invite Bathsheba. He doesn't invite Nathan the prophet. He doesn't invite Solomon. There are several others. He doesn't invite to the ceremony, and they know Bathsheba knows. Solomon knows. 
Nathan knows he gets to be the kingdom, they're dead. Adonijah was doing this by, by force and by intrigue. So Nathan comes along. Okay? Remember Nathan? Nathan is the prophet that came to David and said, You're the man and your son's going to die. He goes to Bathsheba. Now, if you're Bathsheba, and Nathan is the one who said to David, you had an adulterous relationship with this woman, and because of that, her son's going to die. Are you going to be happy when Nathan comes to you? <laughs> I would think I would say, please leave me alone. Last time it didn't go very well. <laughs> right? No, Nathan comes to Bathsheba. This is um, 1 Kings chapter 1. If I can get over there. He came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, and Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David our Lord does not know about it? And he gives her instruction. I'm going to get into that in just a second. But you don't see with Bathsheba that there's any resentment. Now, what I said, what I started off by saying is, oftentimes when we have a loss, maybe it's someone did did something wrong to us. It's caused a break in a relationship. Maybe it's someone has has passed away. Maybe it's that uh, there's you know there's there's been a there's been a real hurt. Maybe it's, there's been a hurt with, with a church, right? How many of you, you guys know church, there's hurt people from churches all over the place? We oftentimes can be resentful. We can get angry. We can get bitter. We can say, I'm not going to have anything to do with God or Christians or people or this person. Or we get angry. And I'm not saying that... Okay, Sometimes in abusive type relationships, I'm not saying you should go back to that at all because there sometimes needs to be that break. However, internally, got to get rid of the anger and resentment. There can't be any of that. You have to forgive and let go. You have to release that to the Lord and let it be gone. I don't see any resentment with Bathsheba. Now, there's not that much written about her, okay? So this is, but no resentment. You know, what's amazing is as you go on with the story, Nathan comes to her and says, you know, this is what I want you to do. Go and confront the king and tell him, you know, you, uh, you promised to have my son, Solomon, sit on your throne. Do you know that Adonijah... He has done this, and we're going to be considered offenders. We're going to, basically, um, he's going to kill us as soon as he gets, gets full power, is what, what she, in a nutshell, says. Nathan has, has her go and do this, and she, show, she shows um, bold submissiveness. Okay? She's very bold, but she, she does exactly what Nathan says to do. She doesn't react. She doesn't say, you know what, let him do what he's going to do. She doesn't act out of the resentment. She doesn't act out of the hurt. 
she, she, she submits and does exactly what the prophet says boldly. Boldly. She goes to David in, in, his, uh, in his bedchamber where he's kind of confined. He's old, he's cold, and uh, it looks to be like she walks right in. Okay? Uh, Nathan comes right after her. Nathan is announced much more formally. Bathsheba, she walks right in. And uh, says exactly what um, Nathan told, tells her to say. Uh, Bathsheba went into the king. This is verse, this is uh, First Kings one fifteen. She went into the king in the bedroom. Now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was ministering to the king. Bathsheba bowed and prostrated herself before the king, and the king said, "What do you wish, my lord? You swore to your maidservant by the Lord your God, saying, Surely your son Solomon shall be king after me." He shall sit on my throne. Now behold, Adonijah is king, and now, my lord, the king, you did not know it. He sacrificed oxen and fatlings and sheep in abundance. He's invited all the sons of the king and Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army, but he's not invited Solomon, your servant. As for you now, my lord, the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them what, uh, who shall sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him. Otherwise it will come about as soon as my lord the king sleeps with, the father, with his fathers that I and my son Solomon will be considered offenders. She's bold, submissive, but bold. She goes into the king and says, look, and she, she obeys Nathan. Again, Nathan's the one who confronted David, right? And she does exactly what he says. She does it with boldness. Bold obedience. Oftentimes when we get a hurt, a loss in our life, that's the time that we, we might get bold, but a lot of times we get bold in the wrong way. If I'm going to get hurt, I'm going to sin all the more. If I'm going to get hurt, I'm going to, I'm going to show them exactly what hurt is all about. I'm going to hurt so-and-so instead. If I'm going to get, if I'm hurt, I might as well get drunk. If I'm hurt, you know what? I'm going to go back to the lifestyle that I was in before. If I'm hurt, I'm going to, uh, if it's going to be a separation, I'm going to make it a separation. I'm going to show everybody what all that, right? It, we oftentimes get bold, but it, the boldness is out of, out of the hurt and pain and we go the wrong direction. I mentioned... Last week, we've, we've got a, a family friend that that's exactly what's happened. They, they were hurt in a relationship, and so they went back to bad living and did it boldly, very boldly. And now, and now authorities are involved, and it's, it's a really huge, big, entire mess. Why? Because they were hurt. They were hurt. Instead of, instead of clinging to what's right instead of clinging to Christianity and being sold out and being and saying, you know what, God is the one who saved me in the first place. What they do? They threw that out. They became bitter. The the, the relationship they were in, they cut that off. It was it was a 
bitter, bitter split. And then they said, you know, I'm, if, I'm going to sin boldly. I'm going to go back to the, to the lifestyle I was in. I'm, the, despite the other relationships, the relationship with kids, the relationship with uh, you know, parents and grandparents and relationship with, with family, they went totally the other direction. Why? They, they didn't submit. What do I mean by submission? They, they didn't submit their heart. They didn't decide, I'm going to do the right thing regardless. When, somebody, when people came to them and said, look, no, you're, you're going the wrong way. Why don't you let us help you? No. I'm going to do it anyway. Can we help you get back on track? No. I'm going to do my own thing. Bathsheba submitted and she was bold at the same time in doing the right thing as she was told to do. <clears throat> How do we go from having a loss? We all experience loss. Let's, let's face it, we all do. Whether it's by a tragedy or by someone else's bad behavior, maybe it's our bad behavior. We all experience loss. And I believe we all want to get to the promise. We all want to um, get from our tragedy, right, and still receive the full promise of God. When we're dealing with the loss, don't, don't go off the wrong direction. Remain faithful. Remain faithful to God. Remain faithful to His Word. Remain faithful to your, your Christian brothers and sisters who love you and who care for you. Don't, go the, don't, don't pull away from that. Don't get bitter. Don't get angry. Don't get resentful. That'll kill you. It will. I'll just tell you right now. It will, it will absolutely, it, it will make you horrible, horrible inside. It will, it will be a, an emotional death, if not a physical one. Don't get bitter. Remain submissive with boldness. What do, I, what do I mean? If somebody comes to you and says, hey, look, I see this in your life. Can I help you change? Don't shake your hand, your fist in their face and say, I'm going to do it my way anyway. That might be a pastor. That might be a, a, a father figure or a mother figure that you had in your life to come and say, look, you're going off in the wrong direction. Can I, can I bring you, can I help you come back? Submit to that. Submit. And when they say, this is what I want you to do, get, in, get into rehab or, or go, you know, get into therapy or, or go and apologize to this person or boldly, yes, I will because I'm going to, I'm going to obey boldly so that I can remain faithful. Because ultimately, the promise is where we want to be. And as we started out with Bathsheba, one of the four named women, apart from Mary, of course, four named women in Jesus' line. God counted her faithful enough to name her as part of his son's heritage. 
Let's remain faithful. As we, um, as we celebrate Christmas this year, let's consider these, these four women. All of them are so different. Um, you know, if I had to sum them all up in this one thing, Nobody is too far outside of, of where they could be that God can't use them. Nobody has done anything too drastic. Nobody has been born so far on the wrong side of the tracks. Nobody's family situation is so bad that God can't bring them in and put them right smack dab in the middle of his promise. All of us can be there. We'll say yes. And let God do it. Amen. Let's uh let's pray. If let me let me just um as as I pray, if you're one of those people who have experienced a loss and only you know what that loss looks like in your life, that you've got you've still got something in your heart that is just aching. It's empty, it's broken, it's ripped apart. You feel like somebody stomped on it and it's still standing on it and will not get off. Okay? I want to pray for you this morning. All right? If that's you, um, just as we, as we pray, make a motion um, to the Lord so that you're just saying, okay, Lord, uh, that, this prayer is for me. If you want to raise your hand, if you want to put your hand over your heart, um, if you just want to nod your head to the Lord, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I want you to make a statement of faith to the Lord that I'm receiving this this morning. So Lord, I pray for all these here who have a loss in their life, whether that's a loss of a loved one, a loss of a dream, a loss of a, um, a relationship, a, 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 something that is just still, it's a wound it's painful, it's open, and they're still suffering from this loss. Lord, I pray for them now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll bring healing. Because they'll do all these things that Bathsheba did, but Lord, right now I'm praying for healing for that loss. Lord, I pray that you'll enable them to forgive Forgive that person for deserting or forgive that person for the, um, uh, for the abuse or forgive that person for um, the things that they've done. Lord, let them forgive. Lord, I pray that you will, you will come into that situation. And even, as much as you can heal a, a broken limb or a, um, or a sickness or a disease, you can have someone stretch their crippled arm out, you can have somebody walk again, you can also heal those emotions and heal those hurts and heal those broken hearts. And Lord, that's what I'm asking that you would do for these in here this morning. Those who have suffered those losses, I'm praying for complete and total healing and restoration. Restoration of hearts, restoration of emotions, restoration of um, those relationships that um, either the relationship needs to be re restored or the healing from that broken relationship needs to be brought to, to completion so that they can have another relationship once again. 
Lord, I pray that you'll bring complete healing. And Lord, I pray that you'll forgive for those who have said, you know what, I, I did not behave like Bathsheba. I blew it. I, I, everything that she did right, I did wrong. Lord, I pray that you'll bring... Lord, I, I, I grant your forgiveness <clears throat> to those right now in Jesus' name. <clears throat> and Lord, I pray that um, all of the... All of, everything that's been sown in the wrong way, that it'll be a crop failure. And that you will bring... Um, your, you, it'll be one step back and that they'll be right back into the middle of your promise from this point forward. So Lord, I bless everybody. I bless them now in the name of the Lord and ask that you would place your hands upon them, their family. Lord, as we gather for, with family in the next week, Lord, I pray that everyone here will be a light. I pray that it will be a sweet time of fellowship. Lord, that the, the family members that need to get saved, Lord, let, them, let us see at least one salvation. Lord, I'm asking for at least one, but hopefully a whole lot more. One salvation, one, one person coming back, one person that, that, is, that is the lost sheep that, that is, has been called back by you. Lord, I want to hear at the first of the year that over, the, over Christmas we've had at least one. Hopefully, Lord, many more than that. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.